0: Welcome to Media Business. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Conley. We've got a great guest for you today. James David Dixon is the managing editor, and I should say the new managing editor of the Michigan Capital Confidential, and he joins us today to talk about a lot of cool issues. James, how are you, sir?
1: I'm great. Hey, Tony, thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, thanks for being here. Tell us a little bit about your background. Take us from where you went to high school to where you are now.
1: Yeah, so I went to West Bloomfield High School and I actually kind of went to two high schools. So my first year I went to John Glenn and Westland. And then we moved to Detroit from Inkster. And so it was kind of like, well, what are we going to do? End up going to West Bloomfield through school choice. And that itself is a pretty long story. And so we're going from seven mile in West Outer Drive up to, you know, 16 mile in Orchard Lake every day. Sometimes multiple times a day, you know, oh, if you had yeah. late events and things like that. Yeah. So, and it was really important to our parents that we be able to be involved just like kids who lived in town. Mm-hmm. So a huge sacrifice for everybody involved, but it worked out well. My sister and I ended up going to Michigan after school, it started my career at the American Spectator. You know, the joke at the American Spectator, mm-hmm. it's based in suburban Virginia, right on the other side of, of the Georgetown Bridge. There's a little part of the town called Roslyn. So it's in Roslyn, you know, right close to D.C., but decidedly not in D.C. And the joke at the Spectator was always, this is your grandfather's magazine. Because it was just, you know, very kind of crotchety, you know, conservative, nah. you yeah. know, and it leaned into it. You know, they didn't try mm-hmm. to change up with the times. After that had a Senate, the Detroit News and two and a half years in Ann Arbor and then just spent the last decade at the detroit news again Mm -hmm. and then started here may 31st at Mackinac center
0: Mm. you know one of the things we try to do here is point out how the media can be better and we never want to be divisive we never want to divide people into republicans or democrats black or white or whatever But I'm always interested to talk to people with interesting backgrounds. Myself, I'm mixed race, half black, half white, come from a single parent home. Only the mom was in the home, grew up in Mount Clemens, Michigan, which was very culturally diverse. And I find it just interesting that here's a Michigan guy from the Detroit area, if you will, and he's a black dude, but yet he is a journalist who some would say is working for these conservative entities that may be conservative values or whatnot. And what I have learned through where you work, that they're more about free market and business and free enterprise and that kind of thing. It's not necessarily a black, white, conservative thing. So how did you find yourself feeling real comfortable writing in that environment?
1: Well, I always have. So when I, you know, September 2002, I'm at Michigan and, you know, I remember it specifically being, you know, this very rainy day and it was the first meeting of the Michigan Review, the center right publication on campus. And, you know, I was going to join the Daily, but I got an email from the Review that said, basically, look, at the Daily, if you want to write 500 words about the Ann Arbor City Council meeting, go do that. You wanna, you know, write something more interesting, come see us. And so this was that meeting. And so I went to it, ended up, you know, years later becoming editor in chief. And that was the thing that ended up funding my first opportunity at the American Spectator and even that year at the Detroit News. So going to a meeting, stepping out on a little bit of faith, you know, and in, in hopes of finding kind of my people and my platform changed my life.
0: You know, what's interesting, James, there are few and far of us journalists who no matter what our personal feelings are, we just want to get all sides of every story. And it seems like there are more and more entities that push the narrative of what they want to push. And we as consumers of news go migrate toward the places where we agree with them. And I'm one of those idiots that will read the Wall Street Journal, but go to CNN.com because I'm trying to understand the big picture, even though I may know some of the facts that at CNN or Fox or whatever are distorted or aren't true I get the bigger picture, and it seems like us as consumers don't want to do that anymore. And journalists don't want to report that way anymore. Why is that? Well, you
1: know, I think you touched on something good, that truth is found in multiplicity, right? It is in the review of what's been said by all parties on all sides that you are able to arrive at yourself, you know, this idea of, okay, how do I feel about this? And so that's what people should do. But I think it also, there's a lot of value in leaning into your niche, right? So at Michigan Capital Confidential, it's one of the only places you're going to see avowedly critical coverage of the governor and other politicians. We don't take their side sometimes.
0: You're listening to Media Business. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with James David Dixon. He's the managing editor, and I should say again, the new managing editor of the Michigan Capital Confidential. And when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit about his effort to find out more what the readers are thinking. This is Media Business and I'm Tony Conley. business as usual. Your office workspace needs to support the way you work today and adapt to your needs tomorrow. DBI is your office environment's partner, a best-in-class preferred Hayworth dealer creating great spaces to fit your company's brand and personality. DBI draws from an experienced staff of professional installers and certified designers to develop a working environment to meet your most exacting standard. Learn more at dbiyes.com. And welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Conley. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're talking to the managing editor of the Michigan Capital Confidential, James David Dixon. And one of the first things he did, if you go to Capcom, you will see that he is encouraging the readers to chime in on issues, to chime in with story ideas. I hadn't seen that on your platform before, James. Where'd you get the idea? And How's it going so far?
1: Well, I got the idea just from my reporting background. You know, the first thing you learn when you start reporting the news is that everybody knows things you don't. And so, you know, people are experts on their communities and people are so big on this phrase, this idea of lived experience. Well, tell me your lived experience, you know, as a Livonia resident or going to Okemos schools or wherever. How does government interact with you? How does it lean on you as the individual, as the homeowner, as the business owner? I don't know. And I'm not sitting here saying I have some crystal ball. All I'm saying is that I'll listen.
0: How's that going so far? What kind of feedback have you gotten?
1: Oh, it's great. You know, because people love to talk, eh? and they love mm-hmm. to talk about themselves and they appreciate that people would ask, you know, so often everyone's telling them what to think. The most valuable space on earth is what's between your ears. And that's why, you know, media has become a 24-7 business because we have this insatiability. There's always more and more and more that the public will want.
0: You know, I find the labels issue somewhat frustrating because personally, my friends would tell you, would think that I'm a Republican or a conservative. And I believe I'm just fiscally conservative. And I think as you get older, you hold on to your money more and you're more responsible with it. I don't think it's a conservative or liberal issue. But what frustrates me is to be labeled that because, for example, I voted for Barack Obama the first time around. I'm looking for the best I think everybody guy. did. Every, everyone look- voted for him that first time. But my point being is I'm looking for the best guy or girl to get the job done, you know? And it still, to this day, I'm trying to find out what the answer is, why people stick to the party line as opposed to seeking out the best person. What do you think?
1: Well, and that's another thing we wrote about is, And I wrote it on July 4th, actually, is the difference between citizenship and partisanship and how the more of a partisan you are, it actually comes at the expense of your citizenship. Because instead of holding whoever is in office to account when they do wrong, you have to go check and say, well, how does this affect the blue team or the red team? You should be on all of our team. We're 10 million people. Who all pay into government, whether we want to or not. And we need that to go well. We need them to do their jobs. And so if we're less concerned about whether they're doing those jobs and more concerned about, well, how is this going to play politically? Is it going to cost Whitmer? Is it going to cost the Republicans? We can't care about that. As citizens, we have to think bigger than that.
0: Speaking of that, you wrote a commentary about term limits. And as you know, probably better than myself, the founding fathers didn't want career politicians. Whether you are a farmer or a blacksmith or a business owner, the thought process was you come in for a couple of terms, represent the people, move on and keep that cycle going And now we have career politicians, 40, 50, 60 years. They came in with nothing. They're multimillionaires now. And why did you write that piece? And do you think we have a chance of getting back to term limits, especially for those federal gigs?
1: You know, what I find interesting is that, you know, people say, oh, if we had term limits, we'd be so much better off. Okay, well, we have term limits in Michigan and no one would say that's going well. And then people say, well, if we didn't have term limits, we'd be better off. Okay, we have that in D.C. and that's not going well. So I think what the thing no one wants to say is there is a deep issue with the quality and the character of the person and the people who are involved in politics. And this is why we have all these little workarounds like term limits where it's an acknowledgement of their human frailties. Right. And so if we just shuttle them out before they can do too much damage, That's best case scenario. What we don't want to say is that we're routinely sending low character people to Lansing and Washington.
0: Well, as you know, because it's talked about quite a bit, it's not about the character compass you may have. It's about the dough. How much money do you get in so you can get those commercials out so you can get that name recognition?
1: You know, Kevin Rinke spent plenty of money in the past. Street Thanedar has spent plenty of money and it didn't work out. You can't fool all of the people all of the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Eventually it catches up. One
0: more item, and before we get to a couple of other things I wanted to talk to you about in regards to term limits, was there's that thought out there about the politicians and how do we get better people in there? How do we do that? How do we get people who look at the we more than the I?
1: I think it's important to ask them before they get into any kind of office, how are you serving right now? What does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. And if their service is conditional on getting office, then they're not serving you. They're only serving themselves.
0: We're talking with James David Dixon. I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about term limits and Governor Gretchen Whitmer. And we'll do that next here on the Michigan Business Network. Welcome back to Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly. This is the Michigan Business Network. We're talking with James David Dixon and James, one of the things that I find very challenging is our inability to talk to, especially our Michigan political leaders. I have a crazy background in college, started at Ferris, went to Lansing Community College and then Michigan State. When I was at Lansing Community College, State Senator Debbie Stabenow sat down with me, a little guy from community college newspaper, for a half an hour. Since then, and I have worked for the Lansing State Journal, for AP Michigan, for 1320WILS here in Lansing you cannot get Debbie Stabenow or Gretchen Whitmore or Gary Peters unless they know you personally and that they know that your station is going to treat them kindly. And that's frustrating for me. What happened? How do we get in that space?
1: I actually think that's a good thing. They should be afraid. And what's funny, though, is that they're so hesitant to do any media that's not avowedly positive. And what is the end result? I would actually say When you look around at the Michigan media, especially in their coverage of Whitmer, it's too positive. Because maybe if you constantly are hearing feedback anytime you're a little bit negative, you know, the reason people work the refs is because it works. And so, you know, at Capcom, our model is not based around you calling me back as a public official. We're going to take our judgment on what you did on the public's time and on the public's dime. And if you'd like to explain yourself, great, but we don't need you to. And I think kind of the fundamental nature of that relationship, when you need the governor's office and the many executive offices in Michigan, when you need them to respond to basic requests for comment, that cuts in your ability to witness the truth and to speak the truth. It ends up being a form of prior restraint. It's just easier not to go too hard because you'll probably need them for something.
0: Well, there used to be that mindset of, I've got to get this person on the public record, because when they don't do what they say they're going to do, you can hold them accountable. That doesn't matter anymore, because as you know, as anyone in politics, you can say whatever you want to say over here and then, you know, twisted over here. What I really find interesting is the talk of a recession, (laughs) how the president and the folks who support him, President Biden I'm speaking of, can say, no, that's not what a recession means. It means this over here. So now we can change the truth. We can change the definitive definition of words. And so we really have to grind away to keep holding these people accountable.
1: That's exactly it. And you can't be worried about how you come off or how, oh, my sources aren't going to like this. It's their job to not like it. It's their job to try to work the refs. And so, you know, you have to look at it as you're representing the public. And when you're concerned about man and your relationships with these media representatives and these department heads, you're not focused on how does this public policy affect my 10 million neighbors? and the second you trade 10 million people you don't know for the few you know government aides you do know you've lost the plot.
0: Mhm. Do you think Tudor Dixon can beat Gretchen Whitmer?
1: I think anyone's beatable. I think, you know, the reason James Craig did so well in the polling last year is because people were looking for an alternative and by alternative I mean They wanted someone who plausibly could win. That's what they needed. You know, I compare this race to Rick Snyder in 2014. This was coming off right to work. Democrats hated Rick Snyder, but it doesn't matter how many people hate the guy if you don't have a credible candidate. They couldn't get one. Mark Schauer was the best they could get. He was quickly forgotten. Whitmer wouldn't even be his running mate. She had so little faith in his ability to win. And ended up becoming governor in 2018. It was a smart move. So the question Republicans have had to answer all this time is, okay, you don't like the governor, you don't like lockdowns, but who's your person? And in Tudor Dixon, I think a lot of people see that's our person. She could do this.
0: All right, James, before I let you go, what can we in the media do to be better?
1: I would say starting off From Your baseline should be skepticism, not belief. This idea that we're all in it together or that maybe just this once, truth isn't going to be what matters, let's just go on ahead and do what the good governor says, that's not journalism. And if that's what you're going to do, we don't need a First Amendment for that. You're essentially a press office. So just be skeptical of everybody.
0: James David Dixon is the new managing editor of the Michigan Capital Confidential. Uh, I would suggest you be like me and subscribe to that because they always have very interesting stories in that. James, I appreciate you so much. Look forward to sitting down and either having a cup of coffee or a beer with you if we get the opportunity.
1: Absolutely. Hey, thank you, Tony.
0: I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business, and this is the Michigan Business Network.